Welcome, welcome to this week's edition of Leading the Way, powered by the Institute for Corporate Productivity. Influential people, high-performing organizations, creating a culture of success. And now your hosts, Scott Murray and Angel Carlton. Hello again, everybody. Great to have you along. Scott Murray, along with Angel Carlton. And as well as being my able-bodied co-host each and every week on Leading the Way, she is also a director with our corporate partner, I4CP, the Institute for Corporate Productivity. And let me assure you, she has been most busy the past couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And you say, Scott, why is that? Well, I tell you what, the last week of March, I4CP hosted its annual conference in Scottsdale, Arizona. And I might add, beautiful Scottsdale, Mm -hmm. Arizona. Oh, my gosh, above and beyond. It's a conference that is uh, consistently ranked as one of the best business events each and every year because it is focused on next practices in talent-cutting-edge approaches that impact market performance, but that few companies really are using on a regular basis out there, right? Yes. Oh, it's a first-class event. And for those of you tuning in for the first time and not familiar with I4CP, as Scott said, it's the Institute for Corporate Productivity. We're a human capital research firm. We study the people practices of high-performing organizations, We work with some of the top companies in the world to improve workforce productivity. Companies like Amazon, AT&T, Starbucks, Ford, 3M, Microsoft, to name a few. And and we're one of the leading companies in the human capital research sectors. And Scott's right. It was an incredible conference. This conference that I4CP uh, has a host every year is designed to show everybody that attends how implementing these next practices, not best practices, but next practices, and how that can help you beat your competition going forward in the years ahead. And it's specifically designed for senior HR, talent, learning, and other business leaders. And one of the things that everyone in attendance likes so much is that it is always closed to vendors and consultants. So it's just creating that safe space to network with your peers. And once again, the conference offered uh, superior networking and and, um, just incredible thought leadership. So everyone can better understand and address those critical talent issues that are facing their respective organization that everybody can so relate and to. And I'll tell you what, Angela, for sure, there was no shortage of great speakers and presenters. That's one of the things that I enjoyed most. I thought that Dr. Brene Brown, who I'd, you know, I heard a lot about over the years, but had never heard her speak. Uh, she opened the conference on day one, and I thought she was fantastic. Oh, gosh. Brene is absolutely wonderful, Scott. And as she shared the message of the power of, the, of vulnerability, Brene really was above and beyond. And I'm really excited because she told us both She'd love to be a guest on Leading the Way. That was good news. Yes. Glad to hear that. And I'll tell you what, talk about being a guest. You know who else would like to be a guest? The fellow that opened up uh, day two. I'm talking about the best-selling author, Dan Pink. And he, too, was excited about uh, coming on Leading the Way in the weeks ahead. And we'll let you know when that's going to happen. He shared information from his latest book. And as he always does, it was a great blend of research and storytelling and uh, really the all-important takeaways from which you go to a conference like that in the first place. And I loved when he spoke about the, the different moods when often uh, we have during the, the, during the day. He said, uh, the morning peak was best for analytical work. Afternoon, the trough should be reserved for administrative work. And the subsequent recovery is best for generating insights and creativity. I thought that was all very cool. And then he went on to present findings and implications of the, the episodic rhythms of, uh, of, of beginnings, middles, and and, and ends. It, uh, it was really above and beyond. And uh, noting that much energy and, and meaning can be generated during the end phase. So I, I thought he was really great. Mm-hmm. He was. He was uh, most informative and certainly entertaining as well. Uh, I know uh, we both loved his line when, uh, when he was talking <clears throat> about the power of taking short naps during the day. And I think he said like 13 minutes is the ideal nap time. And when he takes a, a cup of coffee... He drinks a cup of coffee before he lays down for this power nap. And when he wakes up, he's all energized and he calls it a nappuccino. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was so, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And another one of my favorite speakers from our conference was Chip Bell. High energy. I loved how he talked about enchanting customers and how important that is and gave us some great examples and real life stories. Yeah. He came up to me. He said, Scott, I remember where you are uh, when you were on, on, on doing the news every night. And I said, what do you mean? 
And he lived in Plano, oh, of all right. things, right? Yeah. You know, the sub- suburb of, of Dallas. So, uh, so yeah, I thought Chip Bell was just great. Speakers and execs from uh, well-known companies and organizations took advantage of all that was really shared during the, the three-day conference presented by I4CP. I mean, they had people, uh, Netflix and uh, Accenture and, uh, oh gosh, Walmart, Booz Allen, Hamilton. Who else was there? Federal, uh, Federal Reserve Board, uh, General Electric, USAA, Pfizer, uh, even American Express, oh. among others. I mean, it was a pretty impressive group of, uh, of corporations and organizations. Yep. And uh, this past week, Angel and I had a chance to, uh, well, to get back to Texas, but then she went down to the state capitol to the, uh, to the uh, what'd you call it, the Work Human Conference? Is that what you call that? Yep. How'd that, how'd that go? What was that all about? Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> it was a totally different experience. This was a mega conference. Uh, there were approximately 3,000 people there, all aligned with, with their mission, which is to help the workplace become more human. Um, the speaker lineup was incredible. Selma Hayek, excuse me, Amal Clooney, George Clooney's wife, uh, spoke uh, as well on uh, the power of storytelling. Ashley Judd, Simon Sinek, Brene Brown was also there. Countless experts in the field of human capital, including I4CP's own Kevin Martin, who's our, our chief research officer, who spoke on a very uh, interesting topic of boundaryless leaders. And uh, the entire experience just revolved around bringing more gratitude and recognition into the workplace, which the attendees got to experience through um, the uh, the technology there and uh, recognize behaviors like positivity, connection, mindfulness, and all that good stuff. But uh, Global Force pioneered the workforce movement uh, and worldwide. And the idea is to harness the transformative power of people for the next generation of HR. So it's a great conference. They really, they celebrate breakthrough organizations who are building human-centric workplaces uh, where employees really get to achieve their fullest potential. And people feel appreciated, connected, and empowered for who they are and what they do. It really was a great event. And, uh, and I got to meet some amazing people, one of which is our guest here today on Leading the Way, Scott. So why don't you introduce our guest? Well, you have met her. I have not, except on the phone. So I'm just delighted to uh, to welcome Sally Hurley to the uh, to the program. Sally, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Thank you for having me. I'm great. Well, I tell you what, before we go any further, I want to lead, read a little about uh, who you are and what you're all about so our listeners will understand who we're talking to today. But I really was impressed by the fact that you call yourself the CEO of your company, but that's not the chief executive officer. It's the chief experience officer. We're going to have to ask you about that because I was uh, most intrigued by that. But it says here in your bio, you're a fearless and a bold entrepreneur with a history of building companies, raising and spending venture capital, merging with a large global brand, and uh, managing post-merger integration, spinning off uh, with all kinds of uh, other organizations with years of strategic planning, operations, and business development. Bottom line is she never stops. How am I doing so far? Is that pretty uh, pretty much on target? <laughs> that, that You've covered quite a bit. <laughs> well, it says here you're rather obsessed with the customer experience and thinks that customer service should be first and foremost, but easy and helpful. And uh, we think it's for 25 years in the concierge and hospitality industry that probably had a, had a great deal to do with that. She's a woman of many talents. She can ride a 15-foot unicycle. And they say, yes, that is true. She can do it. And she has done it. And when she's not working, which isn't very often, I'm told, you won't find her on a unicycle anymore, but you will find her uh, traveling somewhere fabulous with her family, sailing, paddleboarding, skiing, whatever. And I'm told that your next trip is going to be Croatia, of all places. How did that ever come out? Well, I do love, you mentioned sailing, and we sail with other families. So that is our mission, to sail the coast with our families. So I'm I've never been to Croatia. I'm excited. I've been to Turkey. I've been close, but I haven't been there. So uh, always somewhere new and different. So that's how we came up with Croatia. And it's supposed to be beautiful. Well, tell us about your company and what you do, the name of your company, what you do day to day, you know, kind of the Cliff Notes version, uh, maybe headline news in 30 seconds, what it is, the name and and, and what you do day to day. Of course. So our company name is the IP Desk Connect. We provide outsourced customer service for luxury brands and brands that care about improving the customer experience. 
So we are an outsourced call center provider, but we don't actually have a centralized call center. We have a team that works from home across the U.S., and they handle customer interactions for these fabulous brands from their home offices. So um, what that means is if you call, uh, let's just use an example of a retail iconic brand in the U.S., that phone call is routed to our team members that work out of their home offices, and they might handle a phone conversation with their customer, or they might handle a online chat, uh, SMS, social media, Um, but we handle everything from the technology to the staffing of the people for these brands. So our whole mission is about, and this is where the title comes in, is about really improving the customer experience. And we try to do that, and this conference just, the Work Human Conference just really was a great experience for me to attend as well, because we're really focused on our team member experience first, so that they in turn can deliver a phenomenal experience for our clients, customers. Yeah, yeah. you are certainly leading the way in this sector. I mean, because the call center industry is is somewhat old and antiquated and is typically viewed by most companies as a cost center. And that's why many companies are sending their customer service calls offshore. And VIP Desk Connect is on a mission to change this industry and and. You believe it really starts with a culture. I love that you are a disruptor in the call center industry. And we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to hear more from Sally Hurley. Looking for a great video to preserve your family's legacy? Maybe a video that promotes your business or company for internet or promotional use. Seems just about everyone nowadays thinks they can create videos of their choice simply by pushing a button on their iPad or their smartphone. For capturing an everyday moment, hey, that's just fine. But if you want a professionally produced high-definition video of cutting-edge technology, then call us today at Murray Media. Whether live production or special event, look no further than the Emmy Award-winning team at Murray Media. From creation to capturing to inclusion, Murray Media can get it done. From corporate to industrial to nonprofit videos and special events, television programs, TV commercials, website videos for both professional and personal use. Simply visit our website at murraymedia.net. That's Murray Media, always poised to video your world. Leading the way. It's about influential leaders and the business practices leading companies use to impact market performance. That's what the Institute for Corporate Productivity, or I4CP, does on a daily basis. We work with leading companies, from Amazon to Boeing, and REI to 3M, to not only discover the best people practices of high-performance organizations, but the next practices, those that will define market leadership in the years ahead. Senior HR, learning, talent, and diversity executives from many of the most respected companies in the world rely on I4CP to ensure that their efforts will make the greatest impact on the business. After all, it's difficult to stay ahead by only looking behind. I4CP's focus on next practices is what today's top companies rely on to lead the way. I4CP, Institute for Corporate Productivity, leading the way every single day. And now back to Leading the Way, powered by the Institute for Corporate Productivity. Here's Scott Murray and Angel Carlton. Welcome back to Leading the Way. Scott Murray along with Angel Carlton and our special guest today, Sally Hurley, the CEO, the Chief Experience and Executive Officer of uh, an organization called VIBP Desk Connect. And just prior to the break, Angel mentioned that the call center industry is old, antiquated, typically viewed by most companies as a cost center. Can you play off what you've done with your business and how you've taken it to the next level as a result of that? Yes, because I think... You know, and it still exists this way today with many organizations. So um, the tools that call centers use really tell the full story. So when you call a call center, many brands view that as customers are calling with issues, right? The systems even label the tickets as issues um, and, and, and or problems. So that's the mindset that the cost center is set up to handle customer issues. Right. There is a very there. There's okay. Let me say it this way. There are brands that either, you know, don't care about the customer experience, although they they'll say they do, or they view it as, 
you know, there just needs to be an operation to handle the issues. And then there is a big divide between the brands that see that every customer interaction is an opportunity to impact, you know, that customer experience and endear them to the brand even further. So what we try to do, which is, I think, very different, is we go in and we say, um, let's look at what's happening with the current operation. And what is typically happening is I'll say roughly 20% of the interactions are issues. But they're issues that can be solved by technology. People are calling saying, where's my order? You know, things that, you know, customers are frustrated. They don't want to actually contact customer service for. So our job, we feel it's our job to try and help brands reduce that friction for the customers and instead use that budget to do positive interactions with the customers, move the conversation away from um, being a cost center that just solves problems and how do we constantly reduce our budget and constantly, um, you know, reduce, 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 but how do we, how do we change that and create value for our customers and have them be brand champions? Mm, So it's a really very different way of looking at it. And it's a, it's a fight. I will tell you. Wow. (laughs) That's most brands. Most brands don't, don't see it that way. It's changing. It's slowly changing, but yeah. Well, that's uh, that's what we call disruption, <laughs> and, and disruption takes a, a little while. Change takes a little while. But I know uh, when you and I were conversing uh, during uh, the conference, you mentioned uh, that you recently filed to be a B corporation, which is for profit and good, but for good. Um, and, and I know you're working on your path to good. Can, can you share briefly more about what that is and just tell us real quick so we can get to our fun and exciting lightning round. Yes, exactly. So we, um, we've made a decision. We went through a strategic planning like most businesses do this past fall for this year. And we came out of it after two and a half days and none of us were happy with what we came and we just, we've had it facilitated. We worked hard on it. And when we all sat around, we, it, we kind of crystallized that what really matters to us is that we work on our own culture and being a great company and building people up and saying no to businesses that don't share the vision where we can't hire the right people at the right pay level. And so filing to answer your question about B Corp, we felt like it sets the standard for ensuring that businesses are are saying to the world, look, we're in this world to do good and it is quite a process. There are probably 200 questions, and what you get out of it is, you know, we're far from perfect, um, but you get out of it a roadmap of, of kind of the general direction of the things that you need to focus on as a business, um, you know, from, you know, environmental concerns to, you know, how you treat your employees and policies and all of this great stuff. And so it really resonated with me and with our team. Fantastic. That Fantastic. Well, well, I'll tell you what, Sally, we're ready to roll. All we need here are some short, quick answers be- to these short, quick questions, because this is what we call our lightning round. This is a chance for our okay. listeners to get a chance to know who you are, what you're all about, and what you do day to day over and above some of the other things that you've shared with us professionally. Starts off like this. What's your first job? What was it? Way back whenever. What'd you learn from it? Your first job and what'd you learn from it? Okay. My first job was an elf at KB Toys, but my real meaningful first job was being a waitress at, at Chili's. No kidding. And what I learned, yes. And I learned about how not to treat people, you know, both sides of the fence. Like I learned about, it was the first organization that I'd been in that had structure. So I learned about management and policies and teamwork um, it was actually very powerful. Well, that's fantastic. And you know that Chili's uh, began. This is where it got its start. Norman Brinker, Brinker International, and Chili's got its start right here in good old Dallas, Texas, a number of years ago. So we are most familiar with mm-hmm. Chili's and a uh, great place, great place. We love Chili's. Yeah, All right. It's always a great experience. Yep, good answer. With public. Uh, so, uh, Sally, name the top two mentors in your life and tell us how they influenced you. 
the top mentors is my best friend today. Her name is Mary Naylor, and she was a founder CEO, and it was really the first organization that I went to work for after Chili's, you know, like a proper organization. It was a concierge company, and her influence on me was so profound. I, you know, whenever I would ask, I was eager, oh, can I do this? And her answer was always yes. So she always pulled out the best in me and supported me. I think she, you know, runs companies with kindness, optimism, and she has a growth mindset. So all of those things really were quite powerful for me. All right. Let's move on to number, is that number one? What's number two? Who might number two be? Well, that's an interesting thing. So I put down an organization instead of a person. Really? I, yes. I put down EO, which used to be YEO. It's an entrepreneur's organization. Mm-hmm. And it, for 10 years, it had quite a powerful impact on me because I was then in an environment with fellow entrepreneurs and over the course of time, they just, I couldn't single out one of them, but to be in an organization with peers facing the same challenges was really um, um, one of the most powerful uh, things. So I put them in there. I wrote that down when I had to really think about, you know, people, it's a collective group. There's 10,000 members of this organization worldwide now, but um, I was in the D.C. chapter. Collectively, they made a difference in your life. That's good. I like that. Well, I tell you what, let's move on to uh, number three in our lightning round. What has been the most significant experience or, for that matter, turning point in your professional career in developing your skills as the leader that you've become? Well, um, I mentioned Mary Naylor. We founded a company called VIP Desk, similar name, and we sold that company to, we raised outside money, we sold it in 2011. And three years later, the call came. So then in three years, I lived inside of a large $3.5 billion company. And three years into it, it's a classic story. They came and said, we want to sell this part of the company. And I think all the years and all my experience came together and I said, maybe I'll take it. And so I did. I created a new company with kind of the same name. Um, and took over half of the organization. But to answer your question, when I did that, I did it without any of the people that I had worked with for the prior 10 years and no executive team. So what tested my true, um, you know, was really a turning point. I knew I needed to rebuild a team that was a vulnerable team, a team that I could trust, that they could trust me. Um, It was scary but it was exciting, um, and it was a really um, interesting last three years. Oh, I love that story. That's yeah, that's great. a great story. Yep. So what, did, what would be the best advice you'd give someone in the next generation, a young professional maybe, stepping into your shoes? I just had a call this week with a ment- mentee um, in a GW a university program, and she asked me the same question. And I said, I would join an organization. I mentioned EO, surround yourself with other entrepreneurs, because that's very um, helpful. I would, I suggested, you know, to start to develop a habit of learning. With Mary, we started reading every good to great, every flight of the buffalo, every, you know, five dysfunctions of a team. We read every single book. Um, I, I said, I would also focus on the team like the human connection of the people that are going to help you move forward. It's, you know, I almost would put that first, but, and then the last one I would say is have a tight handle on financials, which uh, I mean, this seems obvious, but a real rigid practice of looking at them, being clear, knowing when you have to pull a trigger of one way or another um, that should go without saying, but you know, if you're young and you're starting a company, <laughs> yeah, you don't learn that think. stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. That's great advice, Sally. Wow. Yeah. And, and people could use that personally as well. Mm-hmm. Good advice about the finances. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Being sure. smart. Don't spend more than you actually have. I totally understand. All right. The last question before we take a quick break, how would you define your legacy, Sally? What comes to mind? Well, I don't think about my legacy. That's what first came to mind. But I heard Salma Hayek say 
in this just this week that somebody approached her and wanted to take a photo and she said no. And they said, well, I'm going to tell the real world through social media, you know, what you're really like. And she said, that's great. Tell the world I'm a terrible celebrity, but that I'm a great mom because she was in the store with her child. And so I would say it almost makes me want to cry. Like I, that's, you know, comes first for me. I have a 10 year old uh, son and I want to be a great mom. But next to that, I really want to be known for developing people and making people feel valued. I mean, I think that's it. You know, the call center world is not exactly a warm and fuzzy place. <laughs> so we're working really change that so that we do the right kind of work and do good by our people. Mm, awesome mission. That's a great legacy. Yep. And uh, I loved what Selma had to say about, about that story. That was a great story. It inspired me too. So, well, let's take another quick break here. We are speaking with Sal Sally Hurley, CEO of VIP Desk Connect, and we'll be back with more right after this. Leading the way. It's about influential leaders and the business practices leading companies use to impact market performance. That's what the Institute for Corporate Productivity, or I4CP, does on a daily basis. We work with leading companies from Amazon to Boeing and REI to 3M to not only discover the best people practices of high performance organizations, but the next practices, those that will define market leadership in the years ahead. Senior HR, learning, talent, and diversity executives from many of the most respected companies in the world rely on I4CP to ensure that their efforts will make the greatest impact on the business. After all, it's difficult to stay ahead by only looking behind. I4CP's focus on next practices is what today's top companies rely on to lead the way. I4CP, Institute for Corporate Productivity, leading the way every single day. And now back to Scott Murray and Angel Carlton and Leading the Way, powered by the Institute for Corporate Productivity. Welcome back to Leading the Way. Scott Murray along with Angel Carlton and Sally Hurley, who is the uh, CEO of VIP Desk Connect. And we're delighted to welcome you on this Sunday afternoon. I'll tell you what, why don't you take it yes, away, Angel? Uh, you know, I mentioned earlier, I, I had the chance to meet Sally at the Work Human Conference last week and, and the mission of the of that conference uh, held in Austin was to help make work more human for millions of people and organizations worldwide. First of all, Sally, um, what would you say, um, you know, was your favorite part of the conference and what are, what are you doing in your organization to elevate the human experience? My favorite part it is so hard. They were so good, but I love Sean Aker. I hope I'm pronouncing the happiness advantage. Yes, that was great. We love, love everything about what he had to say. And one of the things we were trying to do a lot, we're trying to work on um, communication with the team. We have a virtual team. So I think we are, our bar is even higher to create a human connection. And I left there wondering, um, are people isolated when they work from home? I mean, you know, any other day, if you talked to me last week, I would have, you know, raved about the work from home model and how fabulous it is because it provides flexibility for families. And so anyway, I think that the takeaway for me from it and the power of it is to really focus on uh, making sure there's a human connection. We start our meetings with good news, personal good news business. I'm going to change that to one of the suggestions was to start your meetings with what are you grateful for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great takeaway. Well, I tell you what, I want to have a little fun right now with the, uh, go ahead. Did you well, want to say something? I, I, I want to hear more about like how, how VIP connect, uh, Desk Connect is, is really what you're doing in the organization, maybe one or two things to, to elevate this human experience amongst your team. So I view my role as um, shining the light on others right, to set a vision, this is who we're going to be, and these are the things that are not acceptable. Um, I'll give you two quick examples. One is we said no to business with a current client because we weren't going to be able to pay people enough. And, they, and, and that said it everything to me, right? If we can't 
pay people enough. We can't then deliver a great service. I call it not to be negative, but it's kind of a circle of doom, right? If they can't pay us enough, then we can't pay them enough, then the service is not going to be great and so on. So I like to, so we had a, a, you know, a crossroad of a a moment with the team where we had to say, you know, no, we're not going to do that. That's an, like the non-negotiable, we're not going to go down the typical call center uh, commodity path. Um, so that's one thing. I do constant uh, roundtables with the team. Just, you know, I know everybody does this, but just desperately trying to get feedback. Um, the other thing we do is each quarter we measure our own net promoter score, like our employee happiness Um of course, I now know from this conference there's a lot more we can do. So mm-hmm. I'm inspired. We, we are not doing enough. I now know that. <laughs> but we're trying. Tell you what, Sally, uh, as I was looking through, uh, through your website when Angel told me that uh, you were going to be coming on today, I, uh, I noticed that you had a number of values and, and uh, different things that are important to, to you, what you may be uh, share with all of your employees and with all of your customers during the course of the year. And one of them was transparency. Can you share with us how you integrate transparency into your culture and with the customer in a relations aspect? It's a very good question. And I would say what I say to the team, our values are about how we interact with each other and how we interact with our clients. How we interact as a customer service extension for the brands with their customers is about their values. So transparency has to do with how we communicate with our team. And I will give you an example. We had a client basically file chapter 11 a year ago, and we immediately, like they told me on a Thursday night, I will never forget it. And the very next morning I said, let's get everybody on the phone. Let's tell them, you know, I don't care what NDA NDA we sign. We're going to tell the team. And if they all say I'm quitting right this second, you know, and that didn't happen. But we, you know, that's just, we're not going to, these are people's lives. And when you live at this level, you can't mess around, right? Like people who are earning $15 an hour, you know, paycheck to paycheck, some of them. I mean, it's like, I feel really huge responsibility. So that's, that's an example, but it's just meaning let's be open. It's kind of a, you know, transparency in this kind of industry just doesn't exist. We tell our clients. You know, this is what goes into our pricing. This is what we believe people need to earn as a living. You know, we, we're pretty open on both sides, as mm-hmm. open as we can be. Mm-hmm. Well, that's wonderful. And, and you do have a unique business model in that it's, it's a virtual call center where your elite brand ambassadors uh, work from their home as opposed to going to a brick-and-mortar call center institution. Um, tell us what have been the benefits for first of all, your employees, and more importantly, the your your clients with this business model. Well, it's a great question. It's an easy question because before this, we had centralized call centers and we moved them around the country, um, and that was very challenging. So now, um, I will tell you that seventy percent of our team they're women. So there are a lot of moms. Um, there are a lot of people trying to juggle family time with work. So, you know, the obvious um, greatest gain is the flexibility to work from home. It gives you flexibility in your life. Um, and what our clients get from that is a higher skill set. right? So if we can recruit uh, somebody has moved with their military spouse and they can work from a home office, but they ha- they're very talented and quite capable, that creates a win-win, right? For the person, they get flexibility, and for our client, they have a phenomenal person representing their brand with their customers. Yeah, a happy person. Anyone with life-work balance is a happy person. <laughs> so you can see that. It's connected. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's no question about it. Well, let me let me kind of play off some of the things that you've already shared with us, and you've talked about the virtual employee experience and what have you, and a lot of organizations are developing that. What practices have you found to be effective in, in leading virtual teams? And, and for that matter, Sally, is there any advice maybe that you might share with leaders who are listening today and are responsible for leading a virtual team? What comes to mind? Well, um, communication comes to mind. 
and we do all of our meetings on video. This will probably make everybody cringe, <laughs> but whether and, you know, I demonstrate myself by, you know, not looking perfect every day. Not that I ever look perfect, <laughs> but, you know, being on camera so that we can look you in the eye and vice versa, like humanize the meetings, because in a virtual meeting, people can be distracted in this world with their, you know, the electronics and our own systems. We have chat and we have got a million systems going on. So that is one big piece of advice. We found it to be very helpful. And we also integrate, you know, I mentioned we start every meeting with good news. So we're going to change to gratitude, but this idea of adding a human element of their personal life uh, into each meeting, because when you walk in an office, there's a natural, hey, how was your weekend? Oh, did you see the, you know, the golf tournament and people chit chat, you know, the water cooler conversation. So we also have chat rooms that are social, right? So there's, you know, somebody may need help, but people also want to share their lives. And then we also have social media channels where people are posting their pictures of their children and what they did over the weekend. And um, we do so much. We do a virtual book book club. Um, all of these people that spoke at the Work Human Conference, we've just read all their books last year, which was nicely oh, cool. timed. Yeah. So we do virtual happy hours. I mean, I could oh, go wow. on. Oh, wow. I love that. Yeah. yeah. That's great. You're still keeping the teams connected. And, uh, and that's great. And, and your team of elite brand ambassadors, uh, who really are these customer service representatives, I like how you're, you're uh, changing the name there, uh, very empowering. Um, these, are, these are professionals professionals who share the same passion as the client that they're assisting, who work uh, remotely you know, throughout the U.S., as you mentioned. And it's a 24 hours a day 365 days a year service that you're offer, offering. So my question is, what is your approach or strategy for attracting that type of talent who has that kind of passion for the brand that they're servicing? You know, it's a really, it's, it's tough right now because there people have a lot of options, right? So one of the reasons we want to work on our culture is to attract them to us. Right. But I think we represent some iconic brands that are pretty phenomenal. And and we do look for people that have that experience. So if you might have experience in fragrance and beauty and have worked in, let's say, Neiman Marcus um, at a counter, then you might be a great fit and have a passion for that kind of brand. So, you know, I think one of the things we do is try to do dedicated teams so, for example, I'll, I'll name this client, Skull Candy. Um, that's a very different brand than a luxury fashion brand, for example. So the team members that work on those have, you know, we're looking for the people that have a passion for, um, you know, electronics and a different skill set than somebody who might love high fashion and beauty and fragrance. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, yeah, it does. Yeah. It really does. Yeah, it's 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 fascinating to listen to you because it's not like you're the uh, CEO of of General Motors or American Express <laughs> or or any large company, uh, Amazon, which I4CP deals with, and and things like that. But it's fascinating that the same culture and the same things that they look for is what you're looking for. And I love the idea of the face to face. Whether you got makeup on in the morning, because <laughs> my dad. Eye to eye, face to face, give them a good handshake. And that's what it's all about. And we've lost that in our world. So let me ask you this. As the leader of an organization that provides VIP customer service, what would you say are the top three most important elements in creating an unparalleled, just unmatched customer experience? Well, I think it. it I, I, I always have to go back to the people, right? Being... Um, taking care of good people wants to have the good fortune of getting them. They, in turn, then take care of those customers. So it's really quite simple. Um, and I think sometimes we get caught up in not, you know, the logistics. The call center is like just a, a major logistics situation, <laughs> timing and staffing and, and platforms and multiple channels and 
Um, but I think we always go back to, are we doing enough to take care of the people? Are we listening to them? Are we flexible enough? You know, because we have the beauty at our size to be able to say, we don't need to be rigid, right? So if somebody wants, you know, they need to be out for a week to take care of a parent, let's let them do that. They're going to come back. They're going to be happier. They're going to take care of our clients' customers. So that is our sole focus. Well, it's uh, it's a good one, and that's what high-performing organizations are doing, and that's what uh, the research of I4CP uh, studies every day. So keep up the good work, Sally. Yeah, I, I, I ditto exactly what Angel just said. Keep up the good work, Sally. It, uh, I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to meet you as Angel did down in uh, in, in Austin this week, but it sounds like you're, uh, you're spot on with what you're doing, and that's why you continue to be successful. Sally Hurley, the CEO of VIP Desk Connect, has been our uh, special guest here on Leading the Way. Continued success, and we hope to see you down the road. Thank you so much. It was a it was an honor and pl- privilege to be here. Well, we're delighted Thanks, to uh, to uh, to have met you and uh, shared a few minutes with you here on Leading the Way. Our insight segment is coming up with Jay Jamrock, so don't go away. What are best practices? Are they what set you apart from your competition, or are they simply what most companies do to stay in the race? At the Institute for Corporate Productivity, or I4CP, we focus on next practices. And that focus is what today's high-performance organizations rely on to lead the way. Next practices are tactics and strategies that our research has discovered have a great impact on market performance, but that few companies are using. They are what will define market leadership in the years ahead. I4CP helps you see around the curve so your company can adapt and take advantage of emerging trends in the ever-evolving world of human capital. We want you to lead the way. So join our team, I4CP, Institute for Corporate Productivity, leading the way. Looking for a great video to preserve your family's legacy? Maybe a video that promotes your business or company for internet or promotional use. Seems just about everyone nowadays thinks they can create videos of their choice simply by pushing a button on their iPad or their smartphone. For capturing an everyday moment, hey, that's just fine. But if you want a professionally produced high-definition video of cutting-edge technology, then call us today at Murray Media. Whether live production or special event, look no further than the Emmy Award-winning team at Murray Media. From creation to capturing to editing to conclusion, Murray Media can get it done. From corporate to industrial to nonprofit videos and special events, television programs, TV commercials, website videos for both professional and personal use. Simply visit our website at murraymedia.net. That's Murray Media, always poised to video your world. Welcome back to Leading the Way. Here are your hosts, Scott Murray and Angel Carlton. Welcome back as we head down the home stretch on this Sunday afternoon here in the month of April 2018. Believe it or not, folks, Leading the Way, the name of the program. And Scott Murray along with Angel Carlton and uh, our dear friend, Jay Jamrog. He is a futurist, but also a, uh, a co-founder of uh, I4CP. Institute yep. for Corporate Productivity. Yep, here to give our us some insights. Our corporate partner here on I four or on uh, leading the way. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Take it away. Some insights on our insight segment here. So, Jay, um, what do you think yeah, about Sally Hurley? And uh, well, she's a, she's a remarkable person. Um, I, there's, I took so many notes as she was talking because so much of what she does whether she knows it or not, is founded in good research. I know she wants to keep taking the company to the next level, but, uh, you know, and I related to it because when I first started in 1986, uh, when I moved my first company down to Florida and started hiring people, I couldn't really afford to hire the quality that I needed. So I needed very high quality people, but I couldn't pay them a lot of money. And so I had to have a virtual company just to offer them that, flexibility, that balance of home life. And I always said that family would come first, vacations come first, et cetera. Um, but it was difficult back then to, uh, without the technology, to really keep a virtual team going. It took a lot of work. Oh, I could imagine. So you were, mm. you were doing next practices before we even 
invented the term next practice. I thought you were going to say before we were born. (laughs) Don't be that way. Come on. It was out of of necessity, not because it was, I thought it was going to be a a great next practice, but if I really wanted to grow the company and do the research I wanted to do, I I had to have great talent. And, um, you know, they, you know, I, I used to remark that companies would offer my researchers four times what I would pay, but they wouldn't leave. Um, it was just the quality of life that, you know, like she said, you know, it's that quality of life that means so much to people today. Definitely. Yep. And, and I, too, was very impressed with Sally Hurley when I met her. And, and so what are some things that, that we have found uh, that companies are doing today to bring more of that humanness uh, into the workplace? Well, I love the way she talked about the customer. And, you know, what we have found in our research that people only treat, only treat customers the way they're treated by their leaders. And, you know, she wants to be a disruptor in her industry. And uh, it's remarkable. 74% of CEOs say they want their companies to be disruptors, but only 9% of the employees think that their company is a disruptor. She is wanting to be a disruptor in a old stodgy industry that, for some reason, is a cost, and they used to send it overseas because they wanted the lowest cost. But she's trying to give the customer a magical experience, uh, which is very different from and the mundane, the transactional stuff. That can be handled by technology. But the personal thing of creating a great customer experience, most of the high-performing organizations know that they're pretty good with their customer experience because they, they know they're a customer-centric organization. But what they also know is that customer expectations keep rising faster than their ability to keep up. So they always got to keep moving that bar. And being a disruptor in that industry is really moving the bar. And so I was very impressed with her as far as the way she's looking at this virtual teams to create this magical experience for a customer that will create a great customer brand. Now, you just talked a short time ago when we when we get on the air here, uh, Jay, about the virtual experience and what you did initially with your company back in the early 80s. But tell us about the research here in 2018 and what it is showing around virtual leadership. Bring us up to date. Yeah, so there, it's, it's a tough thing for most companies to do because they don't teach their leaders, their managers, their supervisors to actually manage well virtually. We're still stuck in an age where we're teaching people to manage, to supervise, to lead face-to-face. Um, and that is a lot easier to do than when you're managing virtually. So she mentioned a lot around communication. And, of course, communicate, 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 and all the different mediums she's using to try to create these virtual teams like chat rooms and social media channels. Uh, I love the virtual book clubs. I want to be on the virtual happy hour, though. I mean, that sounds cool. Yeah, uh, so all the, those things, things that I can see drinking wine on this virtual now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're a virtual but, company. We need to start doing that. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but I, what I also found there were a few things that were hard to do as a virtual leader or manager or supervisor, and that was to build trust. You're not seeing people face-to-face, although she is using uh, technology that allows them to see people face-to-face it's still difficult to build trust. And that is a key component today in today's society. The other one is collaboration. Having collaborative teams virtually is very tough. And the other one is, as a leader, how do you influence people's behavior when you're not seeing them face-to-face? Those are hard things to do. And it's very natural for a person to think that when you're virtual and you're not seeing somebody working every day, to think that that other person is not working as hard as you. So building that trust and influencing collaboration and uh, in a virtual environment is really hard. I noticed she also mentioned that a key component of her company was transparency. And we have seen in every one of our research studies, if we add transparency as a variable into whatever we're looking at, whether it's performance management, leadership, developing high potentials, et cetera, transparency always is highly correlated with effectiveness in an organization and highly correlated with market performance. We see it constantly. And I know she mentioned the transparency is one of her key things in her culture. Yes. Yes. And, 
And I know uh, she talked a lot about uh, the level of passion that her ambassadors have for the customer brand and yes. to help elevate the customer experience. So what insights uh, do we have or do you, do you want to share around what Sally shared about the, the actual customer experience and finding those people with that passion? Well, she's hiring people who have uh, already know the pro- know something about the product or the industry, what they're getting into. And so I think her hiring practices are unique in that she's looking for people who um, can give that good experience, have very, very knowledge of the product, give good experience. She's probably looking for people who are very good communicators on the phone that can connect with people on the phone. Uh, and, you know, she's taking the trivial kind of questions or what you call issues, customer issues, and making them a transactional thing that can be handled with technology and then using the uh, personal thing to build that personal connection with a customer. Um, tough to do. And she seems like she has been very successful on choosing the right kind of people for those positions. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And is there uh, any other uh, insight about around our research and customer experience? We've got probably less than a minute left, <laughs> but would love to uh, well, tap your brain she, a little bit more. Yeah, she, well, she mentioned culture a lot. And I think if you don't get culture right, nothing else matters. And, you know, she mentioned culture and, you know, clients align to the culture. She mentioned and a couple of times that she turned down a client because the client didn't fit her culture. And her culture was pay a decent wage. And, and the client did not want to do that. Um, she has values in her culture. Uh, and again, I'll say, if you don't get culture right, nothing else matters. And I like the way she's sticking to her guns on the culture. And it, even though it meant turning down a client, um, that shows a lot of guts, a lot of fortitude and living the culture. So uh, that's the last thing I'll leave you with is that um, culture is that 800 pound gorilla in the room. Yep. And it and does impact that customer experience, the end experience. So absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jay, again, for your time, your wisdom, your insights. Always appreciated. Yeah. The, the knowledge that, uh, that we obviously don't have. It's just I sit here and go, oh, I never thought of that. Oh, I never thought of that. Oh, gee, I like that. I like that. So, again, as always, your insight segment and your thoughts are just above and beyond. Jay, we'll see you next week. Great to see you in Scottsdale. Thank you, Angel. Yes, nice to see you too. Okay, thank you much. And thanks to all of you as well for this edition of Leading the Way. I'm Scott Murray. And I'm Angel Carlton. And as we always remind you, live your legacy by leading the way. Till next week. Good night, everybody.